Seasons greetings, everyone. Welcome to Express Your Shelf. You're listening to your hosts, Cindy and Sika. Uh, today, we'll be talking about 2021 in general. Um, so first, we'll start with our reality check. So in reality check, we just talk about our, how we've been, what we've been doing over the past couple of months. And yeah, just how we are. So Sika, how are you and how have you been? Yeah, I think I've been okay. Um, I had uh, big changes. I've moved from London. I live in Gloucester now. Um, Yeah, life is much slower this side. It's actually so much more refreshing. Why did you move Um, to Gloucester from London? So I got a new job. Moved Mm. for a job. Um, And the job, I love the West Country. So I was very happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've just ended up here. How is it living um, in Gloucester? How's the comparison to London? Um, Gloucester is still like a city, so you still have like your big shops and everything, and everything's like a stone's throw away. Um, but it's just slower. Maybe the worst thing about Gloucester is the public transport. It's not as great as London. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but it's it's still quite good. It's quite nice. It's very chilled and laid back. Like the noise and everything, it's just much slower. Very calm. Yeah. And people it's my are kind of place. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The number of times I've like just started a conversation with random people. I'm just that kind of person, I guess. Yeah. It's like happened so many times. I like that. Nice. Um, yeah. And I've met most of my neighbors and I talk to my neighbors and stuff like wow, that. Wow, that's so really rare. Nice. For London, you don't even meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go for years and years and then you're like, ah, oh, you live there. Cool. Exactly. Sometimes if I hear like I if I hear someone leaving the flat next door to me, I will just make sure I wait until I've heard them walk away and then leave mine. <laughs> it's a bit like you know on the tube, you can make eye contact. It's very weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is that makes it. I guess maybe it's it's, it's because there's just so many people. Yeah, I guess so. You just build up. And it drains you. You're exhausted. Yeah. 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 So so what have you been up to? in the past couple of months not much really um just looking for a new job which is always very stressful and tiring Um, yeah yeah but it's okay it's going okay at the moment hopefully i'll get something soon and yeah just living really i went to oslo as well in november for my birthday oh yeah um yeah oslo was really nice um yeah really nice city tell us how it was tell us about the weather uh, weather was actually wasn't that bad. I thought it would be freezing cold, but I definitely think the UK is colder than North, like Oslo anyway. The time we went, yeah. I think the difference is the wind chill in like Oslo. There's not it's not very windy at all. So when it's cold, it just feels like just cold, stagnant air. But here, because it's very windy, it's just just cuts right through you. Um, yeah, yeah. It was really nice though. It was only for like three days, which is not long, but it was a nice good break needed a holiday little holiday oh yeah gosh yeah yeah. I haven't been to anywhere else apart from like Manchester for my cousin's wedding yeah um and then moving to Gloucester I think maybe that's why the move from London to Gloucester was so exciting because I just haven't been anywhere yeah. yeah that's true yeah and yeah yeah so I guess you were very lucky that you got to go on holiday huh I did and I went like a week before I had to do, had to isolate when I come back. So it was lucky that I went when I did. Because if I'd gone to Oslo yeah. like a week later, I would have had to come back and self-isolate. So 
Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, well timed then. Gosh. I know, right? Yeah. And also, guys, if I sound weird, I have COVID at the moment. I'm recovering, so should be okay. But yeah, COVID recovering is alive. COVID patient. <laughs> yeah. COVID is getting so bad in London here. So you're lucky you're in Gloucester, so you can be far away from everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And to be fair, that's very, very true as well. Because, like, I can only imagine my commuting from work on the tube. <laughs> Exactly. The risk of you catching COVID is kind of like triple what it would be this side. It's true, yeah. I know so many yeah. people have COVID as well. I think I might have given it to someone else as well, which is awful. Oh, whoops. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, but it is inevitable sometimes because maybe at that point in time, you actually didn't know you had COVID. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that's why I think it's so difficult to control like airborne diseases because you're asymptomatic for so long and then boom. You test positive, you're like, oh, I was at, I had interacted with like 20 people yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe one of them has it now. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And it's hard. Before I found out I had it, I'm, on Sunday I went to a gig as well at the Barbican and there were so many people there and people weren't wearing masks as well. There was no like, you know, when you like log Social in, distancing. No social distancing, no masks, no checking as well with the NHS app or nothing. So like yeah. even now I have it, but the Barbican doesn't even know that people within my vicinity could also have it too. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess um, there was that clip from like the Malaysian Prime Minister. He was saying that um, <laughs> COVID is like your your wife, and then you first you die. he said something like first you try to fight it or something like that and then afterwards you just learn to live with it what? <laughs> it's such a that is not a healthy relationship <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> but he said something really really peculiar like that but the whole point of the premise of what he was trying to say was that you just have to learn to live with covid yeah i was like true. what a way to put it sir you know yeah if, if i was his wife i'd be really annoyed that this is the comparison he has for my marriage yeah. and he's using it publicly also i saw someone else say as well like with covid this christmas time it's not about if you'll get covid it's when you'll get it because everyone has literally been getting it yeah yeah to be fair i do think that's true because like some people are just asymptomatic yeah you know yeah. it's just one of those things you probably just had it and you just didn't know yeah I wish or I was you think it's something else yeah i really wish i was one of those people who's asymptomatic because the symptoms were so awful i hated it yeah yeah oh man bless you yeah how are you feeling now though i'm feeling better i'm feeling much better which is good that's a good excuse to sip tea if i was you i'd literally be drinking tea every time <laughs> yeah like i was drinking my a lot of tea a lot of lem sip as well oh you know what's really good for like sore throat and all that kind of stuff lem sip menthol it's very oh. difficult to get like in the supermarkets but it's very very effective oh, really? but it's also nasty oh, yeah yeah lem sip is awful but even during this time i was like mm, i'm really craving a lem sip because of how <laughs> awful i felt <laughs> but i'm happy my taste oh my go gosh. away or get changed or anything yeah, I think that as a layer, a different kind of challenge as well, because like when you're ill, you're meant to like eat properly mm-hmm. and without taste and smell, which is sort of like central to enjoying food. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you can't do either of those things. You're like, why should I even bother eating? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I feel so sorry for those people with long COVID who also don't have their taste anymore. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Something really, crazy. something really weird happened. When I was sick, I was sleeping in my room 
and my mom had cleaned the kitchen she had just put yeah. the vinegar in the sink to clean the sink you know when you use vinegar it, to clean stuff and yeah and it kills the smell of the drain as well yeah it does and I was I, I, was, having, I was having a nap and I woke up from my nap and I was like oh my gosh I can smell vinegar so much and I was like to my boyfriend, oh my gosh, can you smell that? Is someone make, is, are we eating fish and chips or something? And my girl was like, no, I can't smell any COVID. What's wrong? I can't smell any vinegar. What's really, wrong with vinegar, you? yeah. And then I go downstairs. Oh my gosh, it sounded like, it sounded like something that was in your head. <laughs> yeah, I looked crazy. I kind of thought I was, I was crazy because he was in the room with me as well. So And he wasn't smelling it. Then I go downstairs. I think Kala has COVID. No, yeah, he does have COVID. He probably that was the symptom then. No, but he can smell other things. He was smelling other stuff. And then we go downstairs. Then vinegar, how do you miss it? I don't know. But then I go downstairs and then I was like to my mom, are you making fish and chips or something? She was like, No, I, was like, I can smell vinegar really badly. She was like, I just put vinegar down the drain. But how could I smell it from the kitchen to my room? It's so far away. But then do you not think because You've got an ensuite bathroom, there's trains, and trains are connected in the house. The door was closed. You might have traversed. No, but the trains in the bathroom and everything. Oh, the bathroom door was closed. All the bathroom doors were closed. Connor even couldn't smell it. And it wasn't Ooh, that strong. Okay. Well. She didn't put that much. It was really weird. I don't know. Maybe you're pregnant. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no. I <don't> <laughs> I love how long it took him to clock that. What did Sika say? What? <laughs> but no. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really weird. Though. It's really weird. I felt like, even when I was napping, I felt like I wasn't, I don't know where I was. I felt like I had, you know, when you have, you know, when, do you know what astral projection is? No. <laughs> like when you have, I, I feel like it's something interesting. I really want it's to. It's like know. astral, like it's like an out of body experience when you go into like another plane of like. Oh, another dimension. Yeah, of life. I felt yeah. like my body was roaming around in my house, and that's how I knew there was a vinegar smell somewhere. And then when I came back to myself, when I woke up from my nap, I knew there was vinegar in the house. Something smelled like vinegar, but I, there's no. Oh my gosh! No plausible way I could have smelled it. It wasn't That's even actually crazy. It's that is crazy. It's freaked me out so much. Because I, I don't even know what to say to that, to be honest. Because when I woke up, I didn't even say, oh, hi, or anything. I just went, there's vinegar. Why is this one like vinegar everywhere? That's the first thing I said. But you know, the thing that freaks me out is the fact that Connor couldn't smell it, yeah? No, he couldn't. And my mom said it wasn't even, she didn't even use that much. So she was, she was shocked at why I could smell it. <laughs> if I were putting like a lid like a teaspoon of vinegar down the drain it's just like gosh oh, vinegar yeah gosh yeah you have some superpowers girl maybe maybe COVID unlocked the superpower within me <laughs> yeah COVID is this supernatural force we just need to learn how to use it so this thing is cracked it exactly <laughs> but anyways oh sorry about the change of topic guys um no that was interesting i enjoyed that cindy what are you reading um i'm currently reading two books uh one book is wolf hall by i can't remember the name of the lady um mm-hmm. and the other one that i'm reading i also can't remember the the name it's orange yeah. of the priory tree um, okay 
by Samantha Shannon and Wolf Hall is by Hilary Mantel. Um, mm-hmm. So the one I have been reading Wolf Hall, but I've been going through that a lot more slowly. Um, this okay. is a historical novel and it's, I think it's set around the time of um, Henry VIII. Um, okay. Oh, that's very old. Yeah. And it's like, just kind of like a fictionalized biography charting mm-hmm. the life of or the rise of power of Thomas Cromwell in um Henry VIII's Henry VIII's court um yeah. yeah so it's just it's just that really it kind of feels like Game of Thrones kind of oh, like okay. vibe more historical I guess yeah it's just it's quite interesting okay okay yeah. um yeah. so is it is it a worthwhile read so far like, um, I've, I've seen lots of it? good reviews on it that's why i picked it up but i don't think i've gone through enough of it yet like i haven't even read okay. 100 pages yet to give you an idea of what how good it is um oh, okay but the other book that i'm reading at the moment is called the priory of the orange tree by samantha shannon and mm-hmm. it's it's this like fixed fantasy novel and it's about this world with dragons and it's not really it's got lots of queer characters um okay. focuses more on queendoms as well women with power um it's mm-hmm. quite interesting yeah it's just like an epic fantasy really it's really really good really well written in the sounds right up your street yeah the characters are really interesting and it's nice to see like women who lead the fight within it and who are all like the i don't know the main characters it's not really yeah yeah it's quite interesting okay yeah but yeah Mm. it's good i wanted to finish this year with something quite lengthy and long and i'm also doing it as a buddy read as well with someone else online so that helps to get Ah, okay that helps to get through because it's a really long book i think it's like 800 pages so it's really long oh gosh no wonder you don't know what's going on yet like you don't really have a a feel of that actual book itself because you're not even like 25 percent of the way no yeah i think with this one i'm like i've read about 200 pages now so ah okay yeah this one yeah so always at least I've done a good quarter, so it's not that bad. It's quite good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds really interesting. Um, I don't know, like, how I do with books like that. Um, firstly, because, like, fantasy is not really my go-to genre, mm-hmm. but also because, like, I I like to take in information quickly and move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of this era. I like instant gratification, like that feeling of the satisfaction of finishing a book. Yeah, no, so I'm, I think, I'm the same. That's why I, I pushed myself to read this because I was like, I need yeah. to like just slow down pace of life, pace of everything to just really focus yeah. on something. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, like I think um, books are like that kind of thing because like at the moment, it's so difficult to focus on the same thing because like as we're recording right now, there's like messages and stuff coming in left, left, right, and center for me right now. Yeah. But if I were to pick up a book, the only thing I focus on is a book. So it really does help you slow down. It does, yeah. It really, yeah. Does, yeah. Actually, to be fair, I pick up my phone when I'm reading sometimes as well. <laughs> like sometimes I'll be reading for like twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, and I just pick up my phone. And I'm like, okay, let me go on it for like five minutes. 
No, but the, do you see what I'm saying though? That 25 minutes you're reading, you yeah. can't read and focus on something. You you can't divide your attention. You see, you have to focus on the book That's because true. you read a page and then you'd be like, I didn't get anything from what I just read. That's true. So yeah. it keeps you like focused on that thing. And I feel like these days there aren't that many things that keep you focused like that because even like if you watch Netflix on the side like someone come and talk to you you could still go on your phone and stuff yeah. like that unless if you're really sucked in yeah yeah so exactly. like reading I think maybe that's why I always go back to it because it, it holds you like literally you know yeah exactly. directs your attention yeah it's a proper yeah. it's a real escape and proper escape yeah yeah that's so true yeah but yeah, um, yeah, getting through that, I, I, I hoped to finish it by the end of the year, but I don't think I will. So that's your, uh, your 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 New Year's resolution is to have finished the book by the first of January. <laughs> yes, but I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna meet that. So that's still fine because it's a very big book. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. 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 What are you reading at the moment? Um, so I am reading a book called This Monable Body, and it was given to me by my co-host on a podcast, Low, by you. <laughs> I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, I do remember. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was last Christmas, actually. Do you remember? hmm Yeah, yeah. So I'm reading that at the moment. Um, and then I've also got Love in Colour, which is written by Bolu Babalola. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Bodu Babalola. I wrote it down somewhere and I can't read my own handwriting now, but it's Bodu Babalola, Loving Colour. Um, but yeah, so Loving Colour is a little bit like anthology in a way. I haven't read that many pages of it, but it's just like someone talking about uh, relationships and what love actually is like mm. and what it's meant to be and how you think it is mm-hmm. and the way you think love should be, but it actually isn't. Like, it's, it's a very weird um, okay. way it's written. That's yeah, so I'm really intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, c- keep going. Oh, no, I've finished my piece. Go on. Okay, it sounds like that book by Bell Hooks. I know that she talks about love a lot. I can't remember. Okay, what's the name All of the book? about love? Bell Hooks. Ah, yes, 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 yeah. I haven't yeah. actually read the book myself, but I know it's been referenced by a lot of people quite often in that, in, in that same topic of, like, love. Yeah. Because she talks about self-love as well and stuff like that, and I feel like Bell Hooks also talks about the same stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. the intersection of self-love and love and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. I and thought, then I thought this... it was just a romance novel. I don't know why I thought that from the front cover. Yeah. It's the cover, I think, yeah. Or maybe it does turn into a romance novel and I just haven't read enough of it. Yeah. Um, Because I think I'm like 40 pages in or something. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got two books. I split them because I've got a commute to work in the morning. Uh So Love and Colour, I read in the morning. I've got less time in the morning because everything is on time and I'm in work like by Uh 7am. And then this morning book body, I've been reading it like on the way back from work where I've got a bit more time Um, but it's very dangerous to do that as well because I end up missing my stop (laughs) oh yeah that is all the time (laughs) yeah and every time I'm like I'll say it and I'm like after a certain amount of time and then there's traffic and then you end up taking a bit longer Mm. and stuff like that so oh gosh um but yeah I I I 
how many pages have I read? I've read 116 pages. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I have about the maybe it does captivate you a bit more later on, but it does take time to get to a point where you're t- proper like sucked in and invested in the characters. Because I feel like this morning body has so many different characters. There's like mm-hmm. the headmistress, there's Tambozai, uh, the main character, there's Mai Mayanga, the landlady, and then there's these other girls that are also like lodgers at Mai Mayanga's house and stuff like that. There's so many different characters too early. Yeah. So I spent most of the time trying to decipher what was going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. In the book I'm reading as well, The Orange of the Priory Tree, it's the same thing. There's so many characters, and you yeah. just kind of try to remember who's who. Well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like this. A lot smaller. So it's. I don't like. Must be. I don't so know. it has three hundred and sixty-three pages, which is quite small, to be fair. Yeah. Um. Well, average, I'd say. Um. But yeah, I. I so many then. I'm, yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I maybe like as the book progresses, as the story unfolds, there's gonna be like less and less characters because what I've seen is like there's these girls that are lodgers but not all of them are sort of like central to the story itself they're there as like supporting characters mm. for Tambuzai and my Mayanyanga's like interaction and my Mayanyanga so but also I can't really distinguish who the main character is in this case because like there's Tambuzai who's the lodger but there's also my Mayanyanga who's got like issues with like her sons fighting for inheritance and Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and the, actually, they're not even fighting for inheritance. They don't. They, they basically, um, her husband died, but the sons think that she doesn't deserve the house or something like that. Okay, the property and stuff like that. So it's it's a bit of a classic. Uh, I, I don't want to say classic uh, African drama when it comes to property and stuff, but it's, <laughs> it definitely has like hints of stuff like that. Yeah, stuff we can always see. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like relatable stuff as well. Although it's set, it's set in Harare, so it's not really my I've been to Harare like a few times. Um, and like the lingo and stuff, it's stuff that you hear about, but I've never really heard myself and stuff like that. So it's really interesting because I'm learning a lot as well in the book. So in the next uh segment, we're just gonna talk about like a review of our 2021 reading goals. Um, anything that particularly stood out in a really good way or in a bad way or whatever. Um, so status of your reading goals. What was your target this year? Um, so my target this year was 50 books yeah. and not 52. I know I, it's weird to not do 52, but I wanted to do 50 because I don't think I could have done a book a week. And yeah. so 50 and I'm currently on 45 but I'm currently okay. reading two books, so hopefully I can get to like 47 or 48 by the end of the year. Which okay. I'm not sure if that's going to be possible or not, but I'm going to try and read loads and see uh, what okay. happens. Yeah. You can do that thing that you were talking about before, of you taking just one, like smaller books. Yeah. But then also you've been listening to a lot of uh, audio books, no? Yeah, I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks, but my audio oh my audiobook renews for Audible today, so I'm gonna get Yay! one and um <laughs> listen to it before. But I just I'm a bit sad about reading starting an audiobook now to quickly finish by the end of the year. Cause then the next time it renews it's like mid Jan and Jan feels like a, such a long month. Uh, 
Yes, you yes, know what yes. I mean? So now I have this weird dilemma. It's like, do I really want to use up my credit now or just save it? Save it, yeah. I get what you mean. But also, yeah. you know what makes me really happy? That um, when we started this podcast, you weren't very much a fan of um, audiobooks. Yeah. And then we discovered that maybe you can try like nonfiction audiobooks. And then this is you like actually waiting for your audible subscription now. <laughs> I know, right? How much, how much change has happened in a year? It's quite a big change. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a big step. So we're very proud of you in that sense. I don't know if audiobooks save the environment, but they are fun to read, to listen to at least. Yeah, they are really yeah. fun to listen to. But yeah, so yeah. I'm currently on 45. Hopefully I'll mm-hmm. reach 50, but I don't mind if I don't reach 50 because I, I think... 50s to 48 or 40 something still quite a lot of books and this is it probably is, the yeah. most I've oh, read gosh, yeah. my whole life well maybe since I was a child but I've read a lot of books this year so I'm quite pleased with what I've done so far but yeah yeah, yeah. that's really good yeah we'll give you a round of a virtual round of applause yeah. um what yeah. was your reading goal for the year and how do you feel about where you are now um so I think I had said that I want to read like a book a week mm-hmm. um and then later on I was like now do a chapter a day <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm, I'm shifting the goalpost already yeah yeah I sound like that kid on the playground like you know if you're winning you're happy and then when you're losing you're like oh I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 definitely. I remember I was I was walking with Connor somewhere and then he kicked a stone and then I kicked yeah. it and then he kicked it again and he kicked it further than me. So it was my turn to kick it as far further than him. And guess what I did? I kicked, you it, into the bushes. I kicked it into the bushes so we both of us couldn't play. <laughs> I knew I'd lose. <laughs> and you oh said I was gosh. such a small sport and I really was. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah sometimes you just have to bend the rules okay yeah exactly <laughs> the most important thing is that you did kick the stone I did so yeah <laughs> yeah so my total as it stands at the moment is like I think 28 mm-hmm. um books maybe plus the two loving color and uh this one of the body would be like 30 Mm. um books so that makes it I think one book every two weeks or something like that oh that's really good yeah so it's still it's still I think it's I've read more frequently definitely like before um I guess it's just finding the balance again and I spend so much time like trying to get back into like the reading zone yeah and like starting books leaving them and then coming back to them because I remember like reading Freshwater and I came back to us I, I got to a certain point I was like okay I don't really understand what's going on I'm just gonna leave it and come back to a different one and then later I was like oh my gosh yeah you know? yeah I get you yeah so, I, yeah yeah sometimes it's good to just leave it and just come back to it and it's not really yeah. that yeah it's not really that deep to keep going especially if we find a book you're not feeling it it's just just stop and oh just, yeah 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 like with a tv show you'll stop watching it so just stop reading it it's not by force yeah yeah i don't know like I, i've got this thing where i think maybe that's one of the reasons why like I, I i hit like a brick wall with reading sometimes but i always feel like i have to finish up like have to do the book justice yeah, I don't know why I don't know where exactly that comes from but I've, I've just always been like that yeah yeah same. but this time around that the, maybe that's the reason why I always go back to books as well because I'm like no I have to finish the book I was just gonna say I feel like if I haven't finished the book it doesn't count like I haven't read yeah. it like I can't say yeah. I haven't read it if I haven't finished it just yeah yeah, it, yeah. it's probably to do with that then 
Yeah, but I think there's some books yeah. that you just just can't read. Like for me, Madame Bravery, I just couldn't finish it. I just no, I thought it was just too awful. <laughs> That's me and uh, Animal Farm, Sally Rooney books. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about that Sally Rooney book later. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So actually speaking of like books then, so what would you say was your like highlights from um, what you read? I think one of my highlights this year was definitely Patsy by Nicole Dennis Ben. I really okay. enjoyed that book. I thought it was amazing. Like when I read okay. it, I, I didn't want it to end. I read it so slowly because I was like, this can't finish. I just don't want this. You're facing yourself. <laughs> I wanted to continue reading their whole lives. Like it was just, I just, it was so good. I thought it was so well written. I thought it was such a unique perspective. It was just, okay. it was just amazing. Um, If you haven't, if you don't know about this book. So Patsy is about um, a Jamaican woman who em- emigrates to America. The U.S the US uh, and she leaves behind a daughter and it just talks about their lives and how Patsy adjusts how her daughter adjusts as well to growing up without her mother that whole like immigration type those type of narratives of I don't know traveling and I don't know dealing with immigration dealing with like working in another country when you don't have your papers just stuff like that like a lot of the immigrant story but it's just a very unique perspective very different and I really yeah it. and it just shows like I think people's lives just change and go to different directions yeah I, I think um that that like I think that stands out so much because like you never really get like that perspective of what it's like to work as an undocumented migrant exactly. basically because yeah. that's a whole different ball game it is, in your life. Yeah. If you've never met people who've done that, it's very difficult for you to like understand the struggle of doing that. It is. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a really good book to understand how they move through spaces, how even getting someone yeah. to live is just difficult. How working a bank account, bank account. Yeah, your life is just it's very precarious place to be in. So yeah, yeah. it was really interesting. And it just, it also embedded a lot of themes about like generational trauma as well. Trauma passed oh, through yeah. others as well, which was quite interesting. It's not really something that's talked about that much, especially when people talk yeah. about like migrating and stuff. But like um, that type of generational trauma was quite interesting how they played that out. It was really- And yeah. also the, um, um, I still haven't read Patsy, by the way. Yeah. Still sitting on my bedside. I'm saying, <laughs> actually, you know what? I might save that one for Christmas because I've been oh, wanting yeah. to read it for so long. Yeah. I think it would be like a really wholesome read and like a nice way to complete the year. Um, but like the one thing that intrigued me about Patsy from the get-go is the fact that um, it's a woman that's leaving a child behind yeah and it's always um you know it, I feel like society interacts differently with like women that leave their kids behind as opposed to men that leave their children behind definitely it's definitely. very yeah so how do you think that played out in the book like do you see did it change your mind about anything or like do you still I don't know I think it, it did change my mind it just it made me realize how hard it was for a woman to do that but it also yeah. what I think was quite radical about it's just that he did it in a way that I didn't anticipate like for okay Patsy as well motherhood didn't mean what we would think motherhood means to us 
So already it was coming from a place of quite unconventional in the way she understood motherhood. So with that on top of it as well, it just, I don't know, it made it really interesting. And people did, like in the book, this is not really a big spoiler, but people do continuously reference it to her, like, how did you leave your child? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Yeah. People really struggling to accept, like, her choice, but also seeing how, even as a mother, you internalise that as well. And, like, Patsy really struggles with that as well. Yeah. 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 I think it brings to that whole like thing of like society is very comfortable with like men being selfish, but not women being selfish. Exactly. Like as soon Yeah. as you become selfish, it's like, oh, she's a bad mother, she's this, Yeah. this, this. And Exactly. sometimes like most women that leave their children behind, I don't think they do it from a bad place. No, no, they don't. They don't ever. Yeah, it's a very difficult thing to do. It is, yeah, very difficult. Yeah, same as the process of like giving up a child for adoption. For some people, it's the end or like they don't have any other options. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you get an abortion, you're still an enemy. If Exactly. you don't get an abortion, you want to give the child up for adoption. They're like, why are you doing this? Everyone always has an opinion anyway. Exactly, everyone. If you're a mom and you can't afford to look after your kid, then you're also a bad person. If you're a mom who Exactly. works too much, then also you're a bad person. You Bad should person, be prioritized. exactly. You can Yeah, never if win. you get your priorities right. Exactly. You can never you can never win as a woman. <laughs> So there's always gonna be something. Uh, unfortunately. yeah. Another highlight I think for me was A Certain Hunger by Chelsea G. Summers. This was a Okay, novel yes. about the lady who was a food right food critic who ends up murdering her lovers, which is quite interesting. Um another Very dark. one was very dark, yeah, but it was really entertaining. Um another one was Shane by Douglas Stewart. It was another one of those like long kind of like spans, a long time, quite a few years of someone's life. Very like long, quite like it's just yeah, it was really interesting. I really liked it. Um Shuggy Ben is the one that's set in Scotland, isn't it? Yes, should I say in Scotland. Okay. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And Okay. um, two audiobooks I also did really enjoy this year was, I, I think I, yeah, like I said before, I like reading nonfiction as well, um, Mm listening -hmm. to nonfiction on audiobooks. So I listened to Cultish by Amanda Montel. That was probably my favourite one. And it was, it's about the language of fanaticism. So it focuses on like, cults the language in which cults use the language in which mlms use and the language Oh my gosh. of like sports as well or like um you know What's those the name exercise of the book? cultish Cultish, okay. yeah so it just looks Ah, you know what? Yeah, um, yeah that was suggested in my audible as well. oh was it Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was like wondering, like, how that ended up on my recommendations because I was like, I don't really read stuff like that. But then now that you've said that, I understand why it ended up there. yeah yeah Okay. it was Cool. it's, it's a really good really really interesting like the way she's exposed exposed the way in which language is used by like cults and how similarly it's used by i don't know like fads like sports fads or exercise fads or these like diet culture like stuff like a peloton Ah, yeah. or like um i don't know zumbals all these type of like I don't know exercise or like what's the other one crossfit where it's like a really toxic environment for like Yeah. like health and the way people view their lives and how they understand how they 
like she talks about how because people people don't really go to church that much and many people aren't religious how yeah. other like um communities use the like they co-op the language of like religious languages and put them into their things so like with crossfit yeah that's actually mental that's crazy it is they use like certain language to like i don't know affirm your identity give you a sense of meaning like crossfit does that peloton does this all these weird bodybuilding does that as well yeah all all these weird like the weird classes or fads they just use these specific way of using language to just try and pull people in and how even though some of them are not cults they have cultish like behaviors or like how multi-level yeah. marketing strategies use a lot of cultish kind of language as well so she looks at cults and then she looks at modern kind of iterations of what we think is quite similar to cults it was it was yeah. quite interesting i really enjoyed it and I also listened to another one called Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake. And this one was just mm-hmm. talking about fungi and how fungi, um, I don't know, has such a, I don't know, important place in our world, but it's usually forgotten yeah. about how fungi influences a lot of our behaviors, the way our minds work, the way we think about stuff and the way we move as well and how fungi is often sidelines, but it can be used to like, I don't know, just actually help to bring a lot of innovative ideas to the world and how fungi rules way way more than we think more than we think yeah because i'm sure penicillin is from fungi as well yeah exactly or like just there's just so much even certain types of materials that we use use fungi even like the way in which we understand how fungis work like in plants like you can't have a single plant without fungi being in the soil because fungi like work in such an intricate way with the plant yeah or how it's a it's a perfect symbiosis in many cases isn't it exactly or how like some fungi is so dangerous like there's this one type of fungi i can't remember what it's called i think it's uh, yeah it's, it's a type of like mycelium and the way in which they kill like they they they, they kill ants so they infect mm. the ants brain and it makes the ants do this with oh my gosh yeah it's so it's so oh. weird yeah, I didn't even know that fungi could do that. Some it's a type of mycelium or something, and it's just so interesting how it works. And yeah, it's oh wow, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Gosh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I'm gonna um, listen to cultish now. Like, um, on my weekend, I've added it. I've just literally used up my second to last credit to buy oh. cultish as we were speaking <laughs> yeah um, what were your like favorite reads of this year what were your highlights um so i've got like maybe if i were to pick like the top three um i'll probably say for starters i think house of stone surprised me because i had a preconceived notion about the book Mm-hmm. before I even picked it up <clears throat> and um, I think it was very eye-opening because you think you know everything about like sim and stuff like that because you were there the whole time and you're born there but you don't so it was eye-opening in that sense um, and then I'm on the fence about vanishing half mm, same. because it's a very very thought-provoking book um, but I'm in two minds because I think was it the execution um that ruined the the the, the plot or was it just that the story was anticlimactic it wasn't even anti-anticlimactic I don't even know how to describe it because the two twin sisters like I would have thought there was some sort of like uh what what do you call it when you 
when you're happy with the way things turn out or when you're satisfied with the outcome. Yeah, I know what you uh, mean. I can't think of the word. Resolution or yeah, what was yeah. the word? Gosh. Yeah, resolution would be one, yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I thought the book would have that. And I remember you, you gave it to me. I was like, oh, this is a really thought-provoking story. It's like two, it's like the classic example of like sort of juxtaposing racism, like one white passing twin and one that's not very extremely not white passing. Like yeah. in no world on earth could she have passed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I found it difficult to connect with the characters, but the story itself, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, I, I was agree. just like, yeah, it was very thought provoking because, like, even in the beginning, like, I didn't feel a lot of empathy for Stella, the other white passing twin who goes off and lives as a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end, I'm like, actually, in reality, to pull off that move and to hide like such a big part of your identity mm-hmm. and to always because when the, the the black family moves across the road and she's always she she feels at home in 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 her identity for like a split second but she always has to go back 24 7 to be that white woman that she isn't yeah. but she is at the same time I'm just like that's a huge mind blow yeah like I just don't understand like I, I that's something I never understand I don't know the closest I come to is like code switching yeah um but it's code switching on code switching on steroids, basically. It is, yeah. That's yeah. that's what it is. And you find you think of like how exhausting code switching is mm-hmm. on an average person, on a normal person in your yeah. day-to-day life. And you think she had to do that. She had to forget um her family in the process. And your family grounds you no matter what. Yeah, and she true. lost that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think, I don't know, I'm in two minds. <clears throat> Maybe on execution, I'd fault the book, but like on the story, I think it had so much potential to, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, the story was unique. It's just, like you said, we didn't feel any connection with the characters. Even, yeah. I don't think people, I think you could say that maybe Stella was kind of irredeemable. She was quite bad because obviously she's lying about her race and she's left her family and stuff. And she's done in quite a bad way. But we don't even, I, there was nothing to like about Stella. For me, there was nothing to really See, like about the thing the is like... They didn't really have much of a personality. And I think because her writing style is so sterile that it just yeah. sucked any type of personality. Life. Like real life. But see, my, for life, me, you know? for me, the thing that confuses me is at what point, because you've got Stella and what's the name of the other twin? I can't even remember. Oh gosh, she's the actual twin that's in the story most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember as well. Oh gosh. Um, but like for me, I I, I struggle to decipher the point at which because I know like Stella was always like the dormant twin. Yeah. Was she? Yeah, she was. I yeah, think. she no, was. No, she, she just wasn't. went along. She wasn't. She was always um, the quiet twin. Do you remember? That's why uh, it's so surprising that she did it. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. And the thing is, like, it's, for me, it's just deciphering the point at which Stella becomes the person that she later became, like, her whole life. Like, for me, that's just, I, I, I didn't see it coming. And I don't like the fact that it felt a little bit forced. What, you that, see what I mean? Yeah. It didn't feel forced, per se, but it was always going to happen because she was white passing. Yeah. Um, But also... She didn't strike me as the twin that had the guts to do it. I think maybe that's what I mean. 
Yeah, yeah, she didn't. Yeah. 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 But then again, it just goes to show that circumstances can change you. <laughs> it's true, yeah. It's very true. Because they did it to to eat, basically. Yeah. I think also what <clears throat> I personally compared the vanishing after, I compare it to Passing by Nella Larson. And I feel like with Nella Larson's novel, it makes it more apparent the actual danger that is there with Passing. Yeah. I feel like in yeah. the up, it didn't make it very evident that this is a really dangerous move to make. Not just that it'll ruin Stella's life, but people, like the white people in the story back then would definitely try and kill her or something really bad would happen to her. Yeah. Like they made yeah. it seem like the consequences of she just wouldn't have access to her daughter anymore. So just have to move back home. But no, like the real consequence could be this were real. It yeah. could be being yeah. killed by your partner, being killed by your partner's friends. I don't know. And the way they thought like your neighbors, yeah. Your neighbors could trip on you anytime. Exactly. You going to prison, you being a national headline story. Like they it could be so much worse. And I feel like Nella Larson really makes that more obvious like the actual real danger maybe it's because yeah in Nella Larson's novel the husband of the person who's passing he's actually more openly racist not so I don't know but I can't remember what Stella's husband was like to be honest was he was he... really nice he was oh. calm yeah but isn't those the kind of racist you should be scared of <laughs> no because I think he didn't have any openly too bad views. And Nella even not Stella even had the most of the issues with the black family being across the road. The husband, I don't think he even did, did he? Yeah, actually you're right, because it's mostly the other neighbours who seem to have an issue with yeah. um the other family, but you don't really hear anything from like um Stella Stella's husband himself, like from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just thought it was really thought-provoking because I was literally thinking about like um, her daughter who was very racist in many ways, mm-hmm. but she had no idea that she was actually 25, her whole 25% of her was uh, a black person yeah. and she finds it so difficult to believe. But I, she dealt with it better than her mom did, yeah, which is the did. other thing that I thought was like, mm-hmm. maybe in real life, that's how it would play out, to be fair. Yeah, maybe. That's true. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess in a way it made me feel more empathy for people who have tried to pass in the past because it's a very, very big risk, like you were saying. It is. Like things could literally flip for you like in a split second. Definitely. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that one is sort of like floating in the mid shelf. In yeah, the, in yeah. The I think that one is for me as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you'd be surprised. I don't know if you're going to be surprised by this one, but one of the books I really enjoyed was Fresh Water. Oh, no. By I a quick Yeah. 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 Really yeah. So I, I, I really, really like her writing style. It's actually mental. It is out of this world. It is. Um, she wrote it really well as well. Like, it's just, you get so sucked in. And not many authors are able to do that for me. Yeah. Like, there's certain types of authors that can like really pull you in in that way mm-hmm. but here she's just she's very poetic in, in 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 her sentence structure and you just you just flow it's like it feels like you're reading and dancing at the same time which is so good yeah that's um true. but yeah I don't know like if, if the uh if the story itself like if you had the same story mm-hmm. 
um, executed by a different author if they would have done it the same level of justice as she had. Yeah. Because mm. it's, oh gosh, in, in, in other ways, like I can see a, diff- a, a similar story being told by someone different. It's just the way she, she executed it. Like it's perfection. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. 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 It is, um, yeah. Fresh yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I feel like maybe at the start, I it was kind of hard to get into because you're getting used to that writing style. Like it's very unique. Yeah. It can feel yeah, I remember you, 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 and awkward at the first chapter exactly. or two. And then after you get past that, you're like, okay, I'm getting used to this writing style. And the style, yeah. 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 It was so confusing at the start. Yeah, and it's it's the whole the, the story is very extremely peculiar for starters itself. Yeah, because yeah. I remember reading like the second at the end of the second chapter, and she's like, "Dad like killed a python," and then she's like, "Oh, he killed us or something peculiar like that." Yeah. And I was thinking, "What the hell is going on?" Like, I'm so frustrated and confused. And I think that's the point where I left the book, mm-hmm. and then came back to it after some time, and then I got sucked in. I think I read it like three days. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about not having time. <laughs> It happens sometimes in one of those books. It's like a fever dream. You just read it so quickly. Yeah. I was like, I was, I, I was so sleepy at some point. So I was just like, no, I have to like stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> and keep going. You know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, is she her her writing style is actually mental. I love it so much. It is. My friend um, and I were talking about how if you read a book with someone, or you've both read the same book, and you reference the book, and it's like referencing a life you've had in the past or like a life you shared then that's when yeah. you know it's a really good book like when you can pick out points of the book still and you remember it and but you feel it, yeah. like you've lived it yourself and it's like a memory that you've unlocked or just remembered that's when you know yeah, a book precisely. is actually good yeah pardon yeah that's precisely like when it feels like more like a memory than something that you just read in passing exactly. that's how you know it's stuck with you yeah um I think I, I don't know like I feel like that's why I don't know like maybe House of Stone is what is up there for me mm-hmm. this year because there's so many things that are stuck with me like I remember messaging you about the ending when yeah. Zamani goes with the picture for him and he's pretty I was like what how <laughs> 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 yeah it's a bit messed up like in a really twisted way but you can also see it happening in real life yeah. I was like it felt so real like the ending was so annoyingly real yeah that you don't actually in the end they don't get to actually find of course which I found really frustrating mm. I liked it though but like it's something yeah I, I liked it but it really frustrated me like I remember going back to reread like the last couple of pages just to make sure I got it correctly <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It had a very realistic ending. <clears throat> or yeah. even like parts that happened with like Mama Agnes or when she was with that pastor. Like, oh, oh yeah. Like <laughs> when the guy traveled and he found out about his family, who his dad really was. Like, those, oh, those yeah, yeah, points yeah. like have stayed with me and it makes me feel like, oh my, like, is this my life or is it his? Like, I don't know whose lives are used. Like, it feels like yeah. a past memory. And that's when you know a book's really done. I the emotions just, are real. Yeah. Yeah. They're so real. They feel like they're your own emotions. Yeah. And you're confused whether it's the character's emotions or they're yours and stuff exactly. like that. That's the hallmark of And like you start really feeling the same way that they felt like. And it's just. Yeah. To be fair, there were times where I was like rooting for some money, like to get like his acceptance <laughs> from like yeah. and up it. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. So, yeah. 
it's I think mm-hmm. yeah I th- yeah I think those three were like my top ones I'm yeah. still trying to decide like what ones were not so good for me but yeah I think you can go first what what were your least liked reads this year your least favorite of the books you hated or didn't hate or really didn't enjoy um I think um unnatural causes mm-hmm. the nonfiction one was a bit um it's it, it I, I think I guess I had like an expectation in my head about the book um but it turned out to not be what I was expecting it to be because at the beginning it was really good I was like oh, I'm getting into this blah, blah blah but then after some time after reading a couple of like the different autopsies and stuff like that I was just like what am I reading Oh, okay. Like I'm not really feeling anything or gaining anything. Like here and there, they were like, "Yeah, yeah." It was a bit of a flat one for me. I'm not because I remember like that at all because it's death. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not surprised because I remember how long it took you to get through it. I felt like you're reading it for ages, so I had the feeling like, "Yeah, oh, this is probably not grabbing you as much as it would yeah. a, a good book usually would." So. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's one of those that I fell, I fell flat on my face at the end of it. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you get a book that really captivates you and you're learning so many things and stuff like, like cultish and the one about the funky that you were reading. Like, it, it, I, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's because I had my own expectations from the book as well, but I don't really know what I was expecting from the book, yeah? True. I don't usually go into, like, books with, like, expectations like that, especially in nonfiction. I just take it in as I go yeah um but yeah yeah it's interesting that you actually noticed that as well no yeah i did notice it i was just wondering to myself like mm, it's just you're She's reading been... it for a lot longer than i i would expect you to so that's yeah that was, yeah 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 um another disappointing one um i wouldn't say it was disappointing but ah, actually, uh, recently I was reading um, Sally Rooney's. Um, what's the name of the book? I've even forgotten it. Yeah, Beautiful World. Where are you? Are you? Yeah, yeah. So I I read the book and then I thought, mm, this is like a really nice way to like capture like modern like relationships and like situationships and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then someone you know when you talk to like so I spoke to someone at work about it and then she highlighted something that was she she she, she pointed out so many like nitty-gritty details in the book that made me start questioning <laughs> really? the book but I think the reason why mm-hmm. it was so high up there for me initially is because for starters I've never been able to get through a study when you book So I, because I got through that one for some reason, Horizon Sudden that one was very easily digestible, wasn't it? Which one? Did you read? Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. You've not read it. No. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, so like Horizon style flows really well, much better like than in normal people. And what's the other other one that she's written? Um, conversations with friends. Conversations with friends, yeah. Like that one, I couldn't even get to like the second chapter. Like I struggled so much. Really? Um, but yeah, something is different about this one. So uh-huh. she executes like surface level relationships. I think, yeah, that's the one thing that someone pointed out to me. Like she executes like the surface level relationships really well. Uh-huh. But like it's the 
digging like deeper that she doesn't do enough of Mm, okay and I realized that like I was on the you know like surface level attached to characters like there's not really one particular person that I was stuck with Mm. um there's I think the guy's name is Simon who's basically just toying with the other girl's emotions that's the only thing that probably felt like really real because I'm like yeah everyone has like experience with that kind of guy yeah yeah but that was even more so from my personal experience not necessarily from the way she wrote it or the way she brought out like Simon to be because Simon is this religious guy and you know like you, you you always expect like religious people at least I do to be a bit more grounded than you are yeah of which he wasn't um he just came across as someone who's really like obsessed with being a knight in shining armor really mm. um but yeah so yeah it's, it's just that realization after of, of realizing that it was actually a bit shallow mm. let's put it that way okay. good but shallow but mm. still I wouldn't say it was bad for me I would say it was like okay just average just average yeah mm. yeah good for Sally Rooney because I, I, I've, I've struggled to like read Sally Rooney before so she did something right okay. with her writing style this time okay yeah mm. yeah gosh I'm more oh, I, with reading it now no, 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 you have to read it so you can have, gather your own thoughts. I'm scared. I feel like I'm going to hate it. No, you probably, to be fair, you've managed to get through like a lot of Sally Rooney books than me. No, I've only um, read So has people. the other person. I was, huh? I've only read normal people. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said too much then. Go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, will, I will read it one day yeah okay okay yeah oh well in that case i'll hand the floor over to you so you can like share what your disappointing reads or okay reads or anything that you want to like share i think for me i had two very disappointing reads this year and one the first one that i'm most disappointed was was the one that won the Booker International Booker Tri- Prize, was it? Prize. Um, yeah. At Night All Blood is Black by David Diop. I was, oh, yes, yes. I remember you were talking about that book, actually. I'm very inter- interested to hear why you think it was a disappointment. It was just not. Because the title is captivating. Yeah, and the whole premise of it was really interesting. Like The premise is just about, like, um, I think it was African soldiers or black soldiers involved in World War two I think and how they were fighting and um how like obviously racism had an influence on how they fought when they fought um Mm. just how that whole experience was for them but it was just and like one of the guys the main character loses his like best friend his like brother basically in the war and how he deals with that afterwards whilst still fighting but it was just, I, maybe it was just because it's translated from French to English. I think it was French. So yeah. I don't know, maybe a lot of things were lost, but I found that there were some narrative techniques in it that I really didn't like. Like there was repetition a lot. I know that repetition was to emphasize how he felt yeah. about the loss and everything. Maybe other things which maybe went over my head, but it just felt so repetitive. I just didn't like it. Maybe it would have sounded better if it was like a type of thing you recite, like a poem. Like, you know, back yeah, in the okay. day when people used to tell stories, like word of mouth, uh, especially that okay. way, maybe. 
so when it's written yeah. down it's just it gets quite repetitive and annoying I didn't really like it at all I thought it was quite it was interesting for the first two chapters but then it just got mm. really repetitive just I just thought it was really basic in writing style as well it just was not a fun read it was just like meh like I don't know how it won that I'm so sorry if anyone really enjoyed it but I really disliked it I was annoyed afterwards that I'd wasted my money and read that you book. know it sounds a lot like um Black Spartacus Black Spartacus is about Tucson River too mm-hmm. in IT and um I think because it was a translation from French to English as well mm-hmm it does lose a certain essence to it. And we've spoken about it before mm-hmm. with, I think it was Paulo Coelho's, uh, what's the name of that book that we both oh, dislike? Alchemist. The Alchemist, yeah. So I think it's probably to do with like, like translation, you do like lose something in translation that you can't yeah. really get back. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I, I really, I'm really interested in it actually. I think I might just, Add it to my own um, list as well. I don't think I don't. I just um, you can read it really quickly. I read it in like two days, so but it's just um, uh, okay. It wasn't great. I just didn't enjoy it very much. And another one I okay. really disliked was Small Pleasures by Claire Chambers. This book made me angry towards the end. <laughs> I was just turning the pages really angrily. Just I just couldn't. It was just really pissing me off. It was just it's just about this woman who basically she's a journalist in like 1950s yeah and she gets a letter one day by this lady saying that she's had the immaculate conception that she's had a kid without ever giving yeah. birth and um so the lady's going to investigate it and find out the truth behind it but when she does she ends up getting closer to the lady who's claiming this thing and her family members but the way it just the way it's just the way the way it's written is fine like it's written mm. okay but the characters are just so oh the main character is really annoying and simple like not simple in a bad way but like just really just like she has no like <laughs> i wish i could put your your, your, your hand like, gestures into the podcast guys i'm holding my head right now I can't even describe how bad it was, but it was so bad. (laughs) I don't know how this book got nominated for the Women's Prize for Fiction because it was, honestly, it was so awful. It was so basic. Like, also, I knew it was going to be bad. I had a red flag because the first five pages are just full of reviews. It's just reviews by loads of people. The first five pages of the book. That's Yeah, she's trying too hard. She's trying too hard. She's trying to convince us. That's when I knew I had a really bad feeling when I saw those five pages. Because I was like... Trust your gut, guys. Your gut never lies to you. I've never seen a book with that many reviews in it. Like, just the pages. Like, five pages full of reviews. It was excessive. Okay. Very interesting. The book just charged this lady, this journalist, going to investigate this woman's life. And she ends up, like, kind of, like, transgressing, like, the ethics of, like, journalism a little bit not in even an exciting way in a really bad basic way as well it was just yeah. so basic the right the, the, the it was just it was just the characters like so much depth they were just like a wet towel like just awful 
it's just like this book for me if i could sum it up as anything it's like a wet piece of bread soggy bread soggy bread oh my goodness it was, that's the best way to review that's the best review you've ever given me it was so underwhelming maybe worse than at night all blood is black because at least that was a quite interesting premise but such yeah. pleasures was just really weird and then the ending was just felt transphobic so it was a bit uh, weird. okay yeah. wait was it what, what 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 so uh who's the author um for small pleasures yeah claire chambers claire chambers okay yeah. it was just yeah and i saw the front cut i saw this book all over like booktube not booktube um book instagram bookstagram and i saw people like talking about it and saying it was good so i was like okay let me listen to what everyone else is saying for once and just try and read this to just push myself to read something else and i like historical fiction as well so i thought okay yeah gonna be interesting but no 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 yeah i just googled the cover and i saw this cover plastered all over like um instagram as well yeah and it was just so so underwhelming it was really bad oh no don't waste your time guys if there's any book i can that one you will waste your time do not do it point taken yeah very um, fascinating indeed Another maybe one that kind of disappointed me. Oh, maybe Trick Mirror, Reflections of Self-Delusion by G.R. Tolentino. Oh, yeah, I remember you talk about that. How did that go? Didn't really like it in the end. I'm just changing my review now on Goodreads because I gave it four stars, but I, no, it's, I think it's three stars. You're giving it less now. <laughs> yeah, it's written well, but it's just, there's a lot of parts of it just are just pointless and don't seem relevant and just it felt like she was just writing because she had to fill a quota just didn't feel just, uh, okay yeah okay okay but yeah the uh. um, disappointing ones sorry guys if i mentioned ones that you do like or i liked ones that you didn't like but if i the other way around yeah if we have some contrasting opinions please share them with us because we'd be very interested to find out in the last segment, um, I think maybe we can like share book recommendations. One book that you'd recommend. Okay. Out of everything that you've read. One book. Mm, yeah. Really hard. Would you like maybe to before we get to that, actually, yeah. um, do you like in terms of because we we're talking about the fact that like you hadn't tried audiobooks before and then you tried them this year. Yeah. Do you think there's anything else outside of your comfort zone that you tried? Um, and that has... Mm, no, not really. I think audiobooks were out of my comfort zone and I tried those and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be going back to not listening to them. I will always listen to them from now on, probably. Yeah. yeah. They are very handy, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think for me, it was uh, trying romance novels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I tried Edmund Hugo uh the seven husbands of Edmund Hugo and that wasn't so bad actually yeah that um, was quite, quite all right yeah it was actually a bit thought-provoking because I feel like that's my my issue with like romance most of the time like it's mm-hmm. not very thought-provoking beyond like your immediate feelings and then when you close the book you're like I'm done and you're gone with it like there's nothing else to intrigue you after 
Um, that's what made me pick up like Love in Color because I thought it was a romance novel. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. Mm. Um, I definitely, I think maybe I'll try to select better authors like in romance novels and see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried self-help. I do have a fantasy book as well, which we bought when we were together. Oh, what's the name? In Cheltenham, Confessions of a Justified Sinner. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so that, yeah, I remember reading like the synopsis and it's quite good. So it's like a man that's haunted by the devil in the form of his own evil double. double. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it sounds really cool. Even I picked this up and I was like, this sounds really cool. It does. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. I'm so in love with the cover. Like, I just don't even want to touch the book because you know, like, as you read a book, you bend the pages and stuff. Yeah. I've just been keeping it and looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe that's why I should stick to that Kindle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's I've I've sort of like spread my wings a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so your your recommendation for the year um okay i think my one recommendation that i think most people would enjoy is probably parable of the sower by octavia e butler i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. this i thought it was really fitting to read about like post-apocalyptic type style environment how would yeah deal with like a culture where there's like drugs disease war chronic water shortages i think it's really relevant and i think we can all relate to like this kind of story and like visualizing this kind of like dystopian future and how we'd survive and deal with those issues. Um, okay. It's written really, really well and the characters are really interesting. I just think it's a really good one. I think everyone should read it. It's a classic. So yeah, that would definitely be my recommendation. I think I really want to read more of Octavia Butler's work. And yeah, it's, it's a really good. Uh, interesting. What's your... Um, I think... My recommendation, drum roll is I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this year has been the year where like I've tried so many different things. No, not so many different things. Only some different things. And I feel like I've always, you know, when you always hear about like how good a book is, mm-hmm. and you never really bother, and it's no, it's horror, isn't it? And I don't really like reading horror and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like beloved, there's just something about the book. I think also it's the execution. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the execution. It's just it's just one of those books that you have to read. It is. You have to read. I know, like I used to get really annoyed when people said that to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, how dare you say like I should read <laughs> beloved? Because what? Yeah. <laughs> but it is just one of those books, like you will never regret like reading it, I think personally. Yeah, I um, like one of those books where you you literally you're just missing out if you haven't read it. Like I think it has so much cultural relevance as well. I think we it does, yeah. So much from it, like just reading that type of narrative, just so interested, so different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's such a good book. Like, yeah. I wish I, I discovered, I, I wish I, like, had the, I, I don't know if maybe it was, like, because we're talking about the fact that, like, Toni Morrison's writing style sometimes can be a little bit inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just read it. Just give it a go. Yeah. Definitely. Literally, like, it was enough for me to read just one Toni Morrison book. And I'm like, yeah, why have I not been reading more of her books? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that's for me. Actually, I should have really included it like in my top reads for the year. Mm, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it really did belong there because I feel like it's very like it's got it's got a lot of cultural re- relevance, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you haven't read it, make sure it's on your New Year's resolution list. You won't be disappointed, guys. And we do know that her work is a bit of an uphill battle, but honestly, once you get yeah. over that and you see the whole like, I don't know this. Disguise, when everything starts to just fall into place, makes sense. yeah, it's, it's just incredible. It's mind blowing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it should be classified as well as like a psychological thriller because it's so intense. It is, yeah. It is uh, to be fair, I I I honestly would classify it more as a psychological thriller than a horror film. Mm, yeah. Because the only thing that makes it a horror film is the um the daughter that's haunting her. Yeah. But it's not really the daughter haunting her in a really nasty, creepy way. Yeah. It's just her manifestation of the daughter in the mind, or yeah. is she real kind of thing. So that's that's what makes it a psychological thriller for me. It is definitely more a psychological thriller than a horror. Yeah, um, yeah. No, thing. yeah, I wouldn't say it's horror. It's definitely like, and it's like very like literary fiction, historical fiction. You're getting a yeah. lot as well from it. It's not just you learn you learn a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think also this year, like, I've read a lot of books that make me wish I did them as part of, like, English literature. Mm. Because I can, honestly, I, I can see, like, House of Stone being an option in Zim as well. Yeah. Because I did IGCSE and, like, there was always the option to have, like, I think some of the books have to be, like, written by um, local authors mm-hmm. from the region or from that country where you're writing an exam from and stuff like that and I feel like that would make a good one as well I love it as well like there's, yeah. there's just so much you could talk about I can see myself writing a literature essay <laughs> I think I think love it might be in in America but maybe for like yeah. degree level that's when you learn it I don't know if they do that yeah it's probably like a college option not not really like yeah. in high school and stuff like that but it's there's just so much to talk about it's like it's so expansive I just love the book <laughs> um yeah, <it's> <laughs> I guess that makes it the end of our episode. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And we probably will start again with season two in the new year. So until then, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll be back Merry soon, Christmas. guys. And sorry for our long break as well. But we promise <laughs> 2022 will be a better and more consistent year. Yes. 2022, here we come. <laughs>